Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Basketball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Baseball time. What's going on? Welcome to the only show where we can talk about two different people named Will Smith and not talk about that guy in entertainment. Not even a little bit. What's up, Scott White? How are we doing? Happy Monday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a lot of Will Smith talk today. Did you see did you see the one with him in the Orc on Netflix? <laughs> no, I did not. I did not. I, I skipped that one too. I haven't I seen it. Uh, I'm not sure I've met anybody who's seen it. I, I Maybe we're not a, giving it a chance. A Will, I haven't seen a Will Smith movie in from what was the last Will Smith movie you saw? That's a good question. I don't know. It may have been like seven pounds. I don't know. Seven pounds. Don't even know. I think I know what that is. No, I didn't see the football. I didn't see the concussion movie. No, I didn't either. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, we I guess we did talk about that Will Smith after all. But the hitter is one of the most is the most added player in fantasy. The pitcher could be traded within the next few days. We shall see. We only have two days left for uh, MLB teams to start unloading their players. So. Uh, let's get to it. You know how we do it on Monday. We'll talk about all the trade stuff. We'll talk about Marcus Stroman and Sergio Romo, Bo Bichette getting called up. That is coming up. We'll tell you some guys that you might want to stash now before, you know, the trades happen and then they gain more value. Scott, though, give me one hitter to add. So beyond Bo Bichette, which probably is obvious. Um, no, that's, going... no, it's not. You know what? That's We're going to talk about him after you give this guy. Okay. Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, he is. Uh, okay. He's the starting catcher for the Dodgers now. They sent down Austin Barnes, and there's really no reason why Smith shouldn't be the primary catcher. It's funny. Uh, you know, he'd, he'd been up previously a couple times, briefly, for the, the big club. He homered. In his first start since returning Saturday, he had a homer and two doubles. That was the first home run for a Dodgers catcher since his previous stint in the majors when he hit a walk-off home run and was sent down the next day. So Will Smith, you know, like a month apart, has the last two home runs for a Dodgers catcher. Uh, And he had 20 at AAA. I mean, he's been a power hitter throughout his minor league career, but this year has really become a better all-around offensive player because the strikeouts he cut way down on them in triple a and he's always been a plus defender so like that's not a reason to keep him out of the lineup if he's playing two-thirds of the time in that lineup given the power protection he has i I mean he's he's going to be a top 12 catcher from this point forward okay so wilson ramos you ready to drop him for will smith Oh man! Um, I mean, how bad is? I, I would want to be more confident in the playing time. Is the thing? Okay, okay. Oh, so I'm not sure I would. James McCann. Um, that's similar. Like, I I feel like you're I feel like you're bringing up ones who are pretty decent starters like i imagine yeah, somebody course. in a 12 team league needs will smith it may, maybe isn't the one with james mccann but you know like 
James McCann was clearly playing over his head early on. Like, if you just want to go with a hot hand, it's probably fine. But again, like if you're you drop McCann, you lose him to somebody else, and then Will Smith doesn't end up playing that regularly, then you're going to feel pretty dumb. So, I don't know. All right, tra- Travis Darno or Will Smith? Okay, Smith. That's pretty easy because oh. Darno has his own playing time concerns. That Darno is playing a lot. Unfortunately, he only has five games this week. But like they're getting him uh, in at first unless base. Unless he's been playing a lot of DH. DH, I think. I think they're getting him in at DH. No, he's yeah. been playing less than half. Oh, he's been playing a lot of first base. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I overlooked that. Okay. So I missed out on Will Smith in a league last night, and I'm actually adding Travis Darno as we speak. It does kind of suck that Darno has a five-day week, but it is kind of a light schedule this week. So you're not, you know, you might have to deal with some five-day week types of guys. All right. So you say Will Smith. I'm going to say the hitter to add is Ryan McMahon. He is 51% owned, and he has six games this week, and they are all at home. So I think uh, that's not a bad option, Ryan McMahon. Had a really good week. He's drawing a lot of walks lately. Five walks in his last six games. Eight for 18 with a home run and six RBIs on the road last week. And at home, 304 batting average, 372 on base, 507 slugging percentage. That's my guy. Now let's talk about Bo Bichette. Because the reason why I don't think it's so obvious to pick him up is Kevin Biggio's been really bad. Luis Arias has been really bad. Hell, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is finally getting going now, but he's been pretty bad overall. So, considering how deep hitting is, tell me why Kevin Biggio, or tell me why Bo Bichette is a must-add. Well, I don't know that I'd go quite as far as must-add, but pretty close. Uh, you know, he's a better prospect, other than Guerrero, of course. He's a better prospect than the ones you mentioned there. Um, I think Baseball America gave him a 70-grade hit tool and a 60-grade power tool coming into the season. I know the pow- the home run production has been kind of lacking, but they've moved him quickly. He's had a ton of doubles, 240 double seasons in the minors. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's still something we see uh, pretty commonly, a guy who doesn't meet the full extent of his potential until he reaches the majors, but it can happen very quickly. And plus... Bichette has 16 steals in like 60 games this year. He had 32 steals last year. So there's a reasonable chance he's a steal source, too. I mean, even if if you're just looking to add a steal source off the waiver wire, I imagine Bichette is probably your best bet for that, mm-hmm. beyond what he even does with the bat. Uh, he's 56% owned, Bo Bichette. He was 46% owned before the news. So give me batting average home run steals, what you expect for the next two months. Oh, expectations. Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to say he hits. Trying not to, I I tend to think of best in terms of best case scenario, but I'm going to try to I'm going to try to dampen my own expectations here. I'm going to say he hits 270 with uh, ten home runs, twelve steals. Would you drop Elvis Andrews for Bobichet? No. Would you rather have... Let me get a list of shortstops up here. Bo Bichette, Cool name, by the way. Bo Bichette or... Uh, Lourdes Gurriel. Uh, I'd rather have Gurriel. Yeah. Didi Gregorius. I think you got to stick with Didi, right? He's, he's coming out of it. He's been pretty good. 
I'm. I was actually thinking maybe Bichette there. No, he didn't have. So, uh, Didi is three for his last sixteen, but he did homer yesterday. All right. Yeah, all right. I kind of feel like those numbers I gave may have been, a, at least in terms of home runs and steals, may have been a best-case scenario for two months left. Let's bring it down to eight home runs and ten steals with a 270 average. How does that sound to you? That sounds fine. Is that better yeah. than is that better than Scott Kingery? Would you drop yeah. Kingery? Yeah, I'd drop Kingery. Okay. Drop right. it. Okay, cool. Uh, let's go to pitchers to add now. It's going to be a similar list to last week, which means we did pretty well with the pitchers to add last week. Um, you got Asher Wojciechowski, you got Ryan Yarbrough, you got Jose Urquidy. These guys are pretty available. Uh, they probably shouldn't be. <laughs> Wojciechowski, you look, I, I mean, I'm still going to be a little skeptical it's late in his career. But yeah. I like him against Toronto this week. I mean, that's a great matchup. Sure. And no, it's reasonable to be skeptical of Wojciechowski. I just feel like... There's not a lot to lose by taking a chance on him because he's if his if 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 he was anybody but Asher Wojciechowski, if he was just complete no name like Andy you know Andy Green uh Andy Green Wilson or something. Andy Green Wilson. Sure, Andy Wilson getting called up and uh, doing this, then we would be understandably excited. I mean, the swinging strike rate's really high. He's gone seven innings in back-to-back starts. Um, I I think he looks good watching him pitch. Good shape on the breaking ball. Uh, the way the fastball, he throws that rising fastball, gets a lot of swings and misses on that. And, uh, you know, nine appearances now, majors and minors included, over his last nine appearances, 11K per nine. He, I think he's figured something out, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I given the state of pitching, I don't think there's. You probably have somebody on your roster at that position who's less interesting than he is. Is he the one free agent starting pitcher that you'd really be looking at? Arquiti's high up there too. Mm-hmm. What? So who do you prefer? And then I'll throw Ronaldo Lopez on there, who's got two starts against the Mets and at the Phillies. And he has been on fire lately. How would you rank Ronaldo Lopez, Jose Urquidy, and Asher Wojciechowski? I have interest in all three. I would probably rank them. I'd probably rank them Urquidy first, then Wojciechowski and and uh, um, Lopez. Lopez, yeah. And I mean Urquidy. A lot of that has to do with supporting cast. I mean, even if Wojciechowski continues to pitch great, he might struggle to win games pitching for the Orioles. Uh, and, I mean, Lopez could have a similar problem for the White Sox. And Lopez, I'm not really... Like, his fastball velocity is up since the All-Star break, so that's good. And obviously, he's been getting better results, not just in terms of, you know, preventing runs, but strikeouts, swinging strikes, all of that. I'm not... Other than the spike in velocity, though, I'm not really sure... What's changed for him? He says it's a matter of focused. He's more focused on every pitch. Well, you know, the thing about focus is it's it's something you can ramp up temporarily, but sustaining it is the real issue, and I'm not sure I'm not sure I buy it in the first place. So uh you know, but again, given the state of pitching, we know there's some potential there. Maybe he is breaking through. I just wish there was 
a little more to point to in terms of explanation for Lopez. Oh, okay. I thought there was a bit of an Arsenal change. But you what do you that. see? I don't. I just I can't remember exactly what Chris said, but Chris has been pretty high on Ronaldo Lopez the last couple of weeks. I scoffed at him, and then Lopez went out and dominated uh, <laughs> on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever the heck it was. It was Wednesday. Um, yeah, month to month it looks. Uh, I mean, he did start throwing a curveball more, but that was before he started getting better results. So the curveball's been much better this month. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's, that's it's it. It's mostly been the fastball. I mean, the fastball's seen a huge increase in swinging strikes, and he's been throwing it harder. So, And I just want to say one thing about Urquidy. I, I mean, they'd probably have to add two people to their rotation for him to lose his job. Because let's say they trade for Tyler Boyd. Well, we don't know if Brad Peacock's coming back in the rotation or the bullpen. So I, you just have to be a little bit aware that Urquidy has a chance to be out of the rotation. But right now their rotation has four guys in it. Verlander, Urquidy, Garrett Cole, and Wade Miley. Unless I'm missing yeah. someone. So, so here, Kitty Kitty. Yes, exactly. Okay, and if you're interested in the matchups, Urquidy is at Cleveland this week, which is not so in- easy. Uh, two starts for... for um, Lopez, I think Mets and Phillies, I said. And, yeah, Mets at home at the Phillies. And Asher Wojciechowski has Toronto at home. Ryan Yarbrough is another guy. He, he, I think he's going to be at Boston this week, which is tough. But in his last seven appearances, six of them out of the bullpen, one start for Ryan Yarbrough, 110 ERA, three walks, 28 strikeouts, has not allowed a home run in 32 and two-thirds. Considering a 9% swinging strike rate and no home runs allowed, he'd probably been a little lucky, but Ryan yeah. Yarbrough's pitching very well. I mean, just the ERA would tell you he's been lucky, yeah. right? 110, yeah, I'd say uh, so. No, he's been a little lucky this season, but not, you know, I, I think it's, I think his XFIP's low fours, which is a pretty good ERA. You know, he, he is good at preventing home runs, probably not as good as he's been, but he's, he's good. And he's a really good control pitcher, and... That following an opener most of the time, it it makes him a better source of wins. It you know when he's removed from the game, there's less he's leaving less to the bullpen in terms of preserving the lead. And it's the past two years, it's made him a big winner. Uh, obviously, in quality starts leagues, he's not as valuable. But wins are like in our standard points leagues, wins are still better than quality starts. Scott, let's uh, talk about some trades. Marcus Stroman going to the Mets for a couple of pitching prospects. Sergio Romo to the Twins. Eric Sogard to Tampa Bay. Um, We will talk about all of that right after a quick break on Fantasy Baseball Today. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. 
The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. So the big one is Marcus Stroman. What do you think? I saw the Mets. Uh, Mets not very good at, at converting ground balls. They are bad defensively. But uh, a value up down to the same from for Stroman. I would say it's slightly up, not as far up as we wanted it to be. If you went to an actual contender like the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Braves, that's. I mean, he's having a career season. Six and eleven records really holding him back. Uh, but you know, obviously going to a contender, hopefully would have would have flipped that from this point forward. Mets are better than the Blue Jays. I mean, I know they're a national laughing stock permanently, but they're you know they're they're a middle of the road club, so they should give him a better chance of winning games than the Blue Jays did. And obviously, going from AL East to NL East, that's an upgrade too. So the stock is up. Just you know, it's kind of disappointing given all the. The places where we thought Stroman could have gone. Yeah, you know it's funny. I, I was on Chris Welsh's podcast yesterday, uh, with Scott Bogman, and uh, I I was thinking about the trade. I said, yeah, he doesn't have to face the Yankees or the Red Sox anymore, so that's better. But he does have to face the Braves, the Nationals, and the Phillies. Still, is, no DH every time through. That's true. It's true. I, the I mean, thing about Stroman is that I kind of feel like we all expect him to be a little worse, just anyway, going forward. Sub three ERA, right? I, I don't think any of us think he's going to be that. And he's, you know, I don't, I don't want to pin it on the trade if he does worse. I just feel like he probably can't be this good. That's how I feel. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, if you just, if you want to throw the XFIP number out there, he's outperformed that. So, yeah, I mean, there's validity to what you're saying. But in terms of actual impact and fantasy, I will take the improved chance for wins. And you know, I mean, hopefully the the league change negates some of that. I mean, if you look at his career interleague for his career, he has like a two ninety ERA. So he's he's been he's been somebody who I mean you see the evidence of him performing better against NL lineups there. Okay. That's good stat. Thank you, Scott. Uh the twins acquired Sergio Romo. Do you think there's a chance Romo closes for the twins? I hope not. I mean the, they stuck they, they kept Throwing Blake Parker out there, uh, you know, kind of uh, platooning him and and Rodgers, even though Rodgers was clearly the superior pitcher, to the point that once they moved Parker out of that role, they DFA'd him. <laughs> so if they were willing to platoon Rodgers uh, with him, I, I, I think it's possible they would Romo too, but I hope not because Rodgers is definitely better. There's still a chance they they add to their bullpen from here, an even yep. better reliever that uh, that makes Rogers not the closer anymore. So I mean, I am not totally sold on Rogers being a closer, and uh, it's something to watch over the next couple days here. Romo is he has 17 saves, so there are opportunities now in the Marlins bullpen. Did you pick up anyone in the Marlins bullpen? Yeah, Nick Anderson is presumably the guy who's going to take over for him. He's not, it's not totally clear that he's closer material, huge strikeout rate, but allows a lot of base runners. 
And, uh, you know, obviously Sergio Romo for being the guy for the Marlins, it's not like he was a, a highly sought after fantasy asset himself. So you're talking pretty deep leagues where you're taking a flyer on Nick Anderson, but it does seem like he's going to be the guy. Let's see where those 17 saves rank in baseball, shall we? Sure, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm kind of interesting, interested. Because I know, like, look, his his numbers aren't that good, so he's not going to be that high in the closer rankings. But 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16th, right in the middle of the pack, Sergio Romo. Now, that's for an entire season. I mean, Hector Neris has more. Luke Jackson has the same amount. Uh, Blake Trinan has one fewer. Most of the guys, though, that are ahead of uh, Romo have not been part-time closers. So, yeah, no, they've all been full-time closers. So, yeah, 17 tapes not really that bad. So Nick Anderson, check him out. He is 14% owned, 68 strikeouts to 16 walks in 43 and a third. A lot of hits, though, 40 hits, which is a lot, I'd say, for a reliever. But um, cool. All right, that's the guy to get, we think, in the Marlins bullpen. Other trade stuff. So Tampa Bay acquired Eric Sogard from the Blue Jays, which led to the Blue Jays calling up Bo Bichette. Do you care about this Eric Sogard trade? He's he's having an okay year. Yeah, I I mean, if there's anything else the Rays needed, it was (laughs) another utility player who is going to throw their lineup into chaos. I don't know what's going to happen here. I imagine Eric Sogard ends up playing less himself. Uh, I imagine Mike... Brasso might be out of luck. Not that his ownership ever got that high, but he was doing some interesting things. Um, I I don't know how committed they're going to be to playing Travis Darno at first base. I mean, they've already got Nate Lowe and G-Man Choi, and now Sogard is going to, you know, maybe when Yandy Diaz is healthy, he's going to force him to first base more. I don't know. It's It's just they have so many versatile pieces in their not at all opposed to changing their lineup from day to day. So it's just an already messy situation got messier. Washington is interested in Jose LeClerc, who pitched for his third uh, straight day on Sunday and blew the save with Sean Kelly on the IL and Chris Martin a little dinged up, but just day to day. But Washington interested in Jose LeClerc. There's no way he's going to be a closer in Washington. Cleveland acquired a reliever Hunter Wood. It does, does not matter. The Cubs acquired Derek Holland. That doesn't matter. Um, and then Oakland acquired Jake Diekman. That doesn't matter. But if we look at players to stash ahead of the trade deadline, guys that could gain value. Again, uh, this name was brought up on the podcast I went on last night, the uh, In This League podcast. John Duplantier, you know, could join the rotation if Robbie Ray and or Zach Granke get traded. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, he was kind of interesting when he got uh, when he was up in the majors before getting hurt. Yeah, to the point we were talking about him as maybe an ad, but I don't think his ownership ever got that high. John Duplantier, he'd be RP eligible, obviously, for the Diamondbacks. Uh, I Clint Frazier's a guy that I think I don't know if I actually won the claim. I, I bet I did. I put in a claim for him in a five outfielder league. I could definitely see the Yankees putting him in a package to get a starting pitcher or somebody, and Clint Frazier deserves to be playing. So if he's up and he's starting, Clint Frazier's definitely a five-outfielder type of guy, if not Mm -hmm. maybe a little better. 
He might be the most likely player to get traded. If yeah. I had to guess. The most I mean, likely the imp- player. Pen- the impending free agents, Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith, seemed obvious, but now it sounds right, like they're right. going to hold on to them. Ridiculous. I, I, I hope that's posturing for their own sake. Because who is the Giants' best hitter? I mean, who is it? I hope it's not Buster Posey. He's got like a 700 it's OPS. Alex Dickerson or Yastrzemski or something. I mean, statistically, it is Dickerson, but he only plays half the time. Um, you know, they got Pablo Sandoval batting in the three-hole. And that's just the lineup. Look at their pitching staff. Who do they have after Madison Bumgarner? Tyler Beatty? I mean, maybe Jeff Samarja. He's gotten the ERA below four. It's it's awful. Like, how have they... I don't know how they've managed they to put together this hot strike, but there is 0% chance they're winning the World Series. Zero. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, their bullpen's been really good, obviously. Maybe Noah Syndergaard is the most likely to get traded. Um, but another guy that could get traded is Edwin Diaz, and Seth Lugo is just having a terrific year, and he got a save filling in for Diaz. So, you know, that's somebody I'd certainly be more excited about Seth Lugo than anyone in the, in the Marlins bullpen. So that's someone you could stash. Is there anyone else? I mean, you got to start looking at the Giants relievers in case they do trade uh, Will Smith, but they also could trade Sam Dyson, you know? Yes, yes, if they do decide to trade. And again, I think it's I think it's possible that they're this is just getting out there that, oh, yeah, we might try to compete to maybe drive up offers because they weren't satisfied with what they're getting. It's also possible that, you know, it doesn't seem like impending free agents have been going for much over the last few years. Front offices, it seemed like thing to all seem to all think the same these days, which makes trading harder, too. It's possible that they're just not getting good enough offers um, compared to the comp- the compensatory pick they would get by, uh, you know, giving them a qualifying offer and then seeing them sign elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that that worked out very well for, I guess the Red Sox with Kimbrell and the Astros with Keiko this offseason, but even so. Yeah. yeah. By the way, Seth Lugo, he struggled in June with 485 ERA. In July, Seth Lugo has thrown 12 scoreless innings, three hits, one walk, 16 strikeouts. And nobody really pays attention to him. He's 13% owned, but might be someone you want to add. Okay. Uh, if there's anyone else, Scott, player you want to add before the deadline? I... You know, I mean, the backup closers in the spots there, I mean, uh, yeah, they're they're just not that interesting. It's not like there are closers in waiting that we can't wait. You know, we're we're hoping they finally get a chance to take that role. Um, Bichette seemed like an option, but now that's gone by. I mean, Clint Frazier himself might be because I presume right. if he gets traded, he becomes a starter right away. That's what but, I was yeah, saying. Yeah, I think you've I think you've pretty much named them. Okay, and then the other two that had come to mind: Aaron Bummer for the White Sox and Hudson uh, Daniel Hudson for the Blue Jays. So moving on, uh, we got a lot of baseball to talk about. Max Scherzer has a back strain, and he's probably not going to start on Wednesday or Thursday when he's slated. I don't think you can put him in your lineup, right? You got to sit Max Scherzer. Yeah, it sounds like he is highly unlikely, very unlikely, is what Dave Martinez said to start Tuesday. So I think another IL stint is in the offing here. Now, Ross Stripling's on the IL with a stiff neck, and this will increase Julio Arias' role. That's the good news. The bad news is, one, we don't know how long Stripling will be out. It's just a stiff neck. And two, Julio Arias is at Colorado. 
So that sucks. Like I've been waiting and waiting for Arias to get this opportunity, and now it's yep. at Colorado. So I don't think I'm going to be partaking there. Um, Ronald Acuna left with neck soreness. I heard that, but I didn't read that. I heard that on the broadcast of the Yankees game last night. Is yeah. that true? Did he leave? Is this yeah. confirmed? Yeah, there was a uh, on a stolen base. I think it was a successful stolen base. He was sliding into second, head first, of course, and uh, caught. Gene Segura's knee. Ah, yes. So, yes. So I, I guess it's fortunate it's not a concussion. Uh, he Gene Segura he also left the game because his knee was hurting. So, uh, yeah, Acuna says he plans to play today. So, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking he's okay. Uh, Trevor Bauer threw the ball over the center field wall. <laughs> was interesting. That was interesting. That was, yeah, that was that was fun. That was fun. I I do. Like you obviously can't do that just for safety reasons, right? Like, I mean, I guess he—it was great that he threw it so accurately from that distance. Yeah, it was a strike. Um, yeah, to the to the you know center field where nobody was sitting, but it seems like from that distance you could miss pretty easily. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, DJ LeMahieu has a groin issue. Kevin Kiermeyer should be back on Wednesday. Tommy Pham expected to play on Tuesday. Dominic Smith is on the IL. That's a bummer. I was liking Dominic Smith. He's got a stress reaction in his foot. Ben Zobris plans on returning at some point. Uh, Jeff McNeil day-to-day with a bruised shin. CeCe Sabathia is on the IL. Eliezer Hernandez is replacing Trevor Richards in the Miami rotation. And Richards is currently in the bullpen, but is also on the block. Eliezer Hernandez uh, did not do so well over the week. Uh, no, he actually did okay. He just I think he was probably on a pitch count. Um... Well, you, you like uh, Eliezer, Adam Eliezer Hernandez? I do, yeah. I was getting excited about him when he was in the rotation earlier and just somebody had to go. He was the odd man out, certainly pitched well. Um, but Pablo Lopez is gearing up to return, so we may face that situation very soon here. Again, all over again. Okay. Well, Nick Castellano has abdominal tightness. Greg, Oh, Greg Holland's out of the closer's role, Scott. They're going committee. Yeah. Which isn't pretty. I was kind of surprised they pulled him from the role. I mean, I know he blew a save in his last opportunity, and the blown save count is kind of high. But, yeah, I, I just I don't feel like, you know, looking at the game log, it didn't look like he had been quite so bad so recently to justify this move, especially since they don't really have anyone else who is of closer caliber. Uh, the the guy who got the first save was Yoan Lopez, and he has a good ERA, but very low strikeout rate. So is there anyone that you would take in the in the Diamondbacks bullpen? I mean, I guess Lo- Lopez, Yoan Lopez is the front runner, but m- mostly I would just hold on to Holland. And, and they acknowledged it might just be a short-term thing. Okay. Uh, I think that's more or less it for the news and notes. Corey Kluber is getting closer to a return. Tim Anderson could be back on Tuesday. Jesus Lazardo is going to pitch in a simulated game this week. We'll follow that. Email of the day number one is from Moshe in Brooklyn. Dear Hugh, Christian, Scarlett, and Michael. Hugh, Christian, Scarlett, and Michael. Um, I don't know that one. Is that the prestige? 
question. Hugh Jackman. Oh yeah, 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 the, yeah. The, yes. Scott's yes. favorite movie, literally, literally his favorite literally movie of all time. Is yeah. The 2006 film The Prestige. Uh, I have a huge. <laughs> Moshe says I'm a huge fan of your show and a big sports fan in general. I'm not a big movie person. I'm especially bad at knowing actors' names. So when Scott imitates Michael Caine on the podcast, I never knew who he was imitating, but I still found the voice very funny. Someone at work recently told me to watch the movie The Prestige, and I'm only a few minutes in, and when I heard Michael Caine's character talking, I immediately started cracking up and thought, that's who Scott must be imitating. I checked to see if Michael Caine was that character, and it was. Thought I would share that with you guys. Now I will go resume the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I recommend it. That's it is literally my favorite movie. Yeah, it's, number one on the list. It's pretty good. I think it's not great. I think the ending is kind of stupid. Oh come on! It's so stupid. What do you mean it's stupid? I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it. Do you? But do you know how many movies could have a plot twist if they just did? If they just did like what the Prestige did? Like oh, it's just that happened. Well, it's it's not like that it was just random. Obviously, the evidence points to it. You didn't quite know what was going on. But it's such it an easy thing to make, like, the twist. Like, it's such a cop-out. What? It's such a cop-out. It was it was a well-executed twist. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought it was kind of silly. Bullpen stuff. Josh Hader got a save on Friday. Freddie Peralta pitched the ninth and the 10th on Saturday. Got the win. I think whatever the case may be, saves or not, Peralta's probably going to be pretty good in relief. Uh, Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell has a 6.75 ERA. He's mostly been good. He's had a a few really bad outings, but he's already given up multiple home runs twice in the same season. I think I read that he had never done that before. But I could be wrong, so you probably shouldn't listen to me. Nate Evaldi is not the guy. Brandon Workman is better. So Workman should be owned in more leagues than Evaldi. Sorry to say it, but it's true. You have all the truthers. Hunter Strickland's back. He pitched the eighth inning. It was his first appearance since March 29th. That was on Sunday. Rowanis Ali is still working as a in that closer's role, I guess. We'll, we'll monitor that in Seattle. Diego Castillo got a save. He actually pitched as an opener and as a closer over the weekend. I don't know that Emilio Pagan was available on Sunday when Castillo got the save. Pagan threw 29 pitches the day before. Uh, Liam Hendricks starting to struggle a little bit. Two bad appearances in his last three. Blake Trinan has five straight appearances without an earned run, but still a lot of walks. I just think it's worth mentioning, Scott, Liam Hendricks has not had a very good career. You know? No, he hasn't. Uh, It was strange the way this played out yesterday because he blew the save in the eighth inning. It's true. And Blake Trinan pitched the ninth. He didn't get the save. He got a win. Um, So I wondered what that meant in terms of how the athletics are approaching those two pitchers. Now, I mean, Trinan hasn't been very good since returning from the IL, just like he wasn't before. But I do wonder if they're having some second thoughts there about Hendricks in the ninth inning role. All right. The A's will probably be pretty active the next couple of days. We'll see if they add any relievers. All right, Scott. Yeah, we're going to look at the most added list. Um, but just to kind of open up the conversation a little bit. Is there anybody that really stood out to you over the weekend that we haven't talked about? While you think about it, I'll let everybody know. Okay. We had four. Four straight games. Four straight days with a three-homer game. Un-freaking-believable. Mookie Betts did it on Friday. 
I'm forgetting one of them. It's Cano on Tuesday, Betts on Friday. I'm forgetting two of them. <laughs> Who are the others? I don't remember either. Triple donged, really? It just happens. Too much to care. I guess so. I mean, I talked about it so extensively on Friday, and now I can't remember. I mean, I have the Google machine right in front no, of me. No, I'll figure it out, Scott. You think about who stood out to you over the weekend. Oh, I know who stood out. Okay. Who was it? It was Josh Van Meter of the Reds, who started four straight games, homered in three of them, got on base three times in the other. Uh, now, they were moving them all around. He got to start at third base, start at second base. Two starts in left field, and that might be the opening for him because... As we all know, Jesse Winker has been a massive disappointment this season. And uh, Josh Van Meter's pretty interesting. His minor league numbers had an OPS around 1,100. Didn't show much power previous years in the minors. It was a one-year thing. You know, Some people wondered if it might have been because of the, the introduction of new balls, new baseballs at uh, AAA. But now he's doing it at the majors, it seems like, with more consistent playing time. And uh, I think that's very interesting. So he's pretty unowned, Josh Van Meter. Mm-hmm. He's what, 14% or something? Like that? Uh, I think I might be wrong there. Josh Van, where, where are you? How old is he? He's less than 20% owned, last I saw, which was yesterday afternoon. So, okay. yeah, widely available. And that's kind of... You know, it's it's 14%. easier to take a flyer on somebody like Asher Wojciechowski right. than somebody like Josh Van Meter, just because the needs are greater, right? right? That's it's hard to get excited about about a uh, a hitter who puts together a few good games in a row and isn't like a top prospect. That's why Mike Brasso never got widely picked up either. It's well, just there's yeah. not much need there at those positions. But if this becomes a longer stretch. For Josh Van Meter, the way, you know, Lourdes Gurriel eventually forced his way into the mixed league picture. Uh, you know, it's it's possible it could happen for Van Meter. Would you rather have Van Meter or Robel Garcia, who led off the last couple of days for the Cubs? I think Van Meter shows skills beyond just hitting the ball out of the ballpark. So I'd rather take a chance on him. I'm you know, obviously a deeper league where at bats you need, you know, you need somebody. You know, you're having a hard time just filling a lineup with guys who play regularly. Then maybe you go uh, Robo Garcia, who, you know, Addison Russell's been sent down. So it looks like a full-time starter at second base. But I think Van Meter potentially has more upside. By the way, the so Robinson Cano did it. Mookie Betts did it. The other two, one of them was on the Twins. Yeah, Nelson Cruz. One of them was on the Cardinals. Who did it for the Cardinals? <laughs> oh, it was DeYoung, right? It was DeYoung, yeah. Yeah, randomly. I'll, t- I'll tell you who stood out to me. Some stud pitchers who were crap. James Paxton. James Paxton has just been awful in the first inning. That is his big issue. I had to have a hard time starting him in a one-star week against the Red Sox after they just took him yard four times on Friday and roughed him up for seven runs in four innings. Pax has been bad. Luis Castillo had a bad start. I know everybody's expecting regression. I still like Castillo, but he did have a bad start. Uh, Chris Sale. Chris Sale had another bad start. What are you going to do? Walker Bueller. 
had a bad start. Yep. That was a first for him. That was the first time in eight starts he allowed more than three earned runs, excluding a start at Coors Field. But, you know, I've got my eye on Walker Bueller. This is about the time of year when Luis Severino completely fell apart last year. And Severino was basically just as good. He might have been a little better. I don't remember. It was very comparable to Walker Bueller first half of last year compared to Bueller first half of this year. And I just I was worried about the innings from day one, and that's why I avoided Bueller, which looks like a stupid idea so far. One bad start is definitely not a cause for concern. If he has another one, I'm going to start taking my victory lap. I uh, mean, just kidding on that, but no. But seriously, it's something it, to keep in mind. His season, uh, he's been on a nice stretch lately, but his season's been littered with bad starts, right? So it's going to take Bueller? more than a couple for me to really be concerned. What I get about, what you're saying, but what about Paxton and 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 Bauer, who yeah. was bad, and Sale? Like, Sale's got a 4.26 ERA. It's getting really annoying. Well, Bauer still has the arm strength, and we know. Yes. I mean, Bauer had been on a really good run himself. His previous four starts, he had a 2.30 ERA. Previous 12, he had a 3.09 ERA. So that seems seems like nothing to worry about. Paxton's getting annoying. He's getting annoying. But uh, he did have 18 swinging strikes. Aaron Boone said stuff-wise he thought he was electric. But he gave up four home runs, and that's the, that's the way it goes in 2019 sometimes. Just home runs happen regardless of how good or bad a pitcher is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, start him or sit him against Boston. I think I'd start him unless I just had an unusually deep pitching staff. I'll take a look at the most added list in just a moment. Let's take another quick break on Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be right back. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Going to do a mailbag for sure tomorrow. Only seven games on the schedule tonight, so we'll read your emails tomorrow. I was away all weekend, so I did not really have a chance to respond to a lot of emails, and I apologize. I'm going to try to do that. It's obviously football season, so I got a ton of football emails to respond to, but I don't want to leave you guys hanging. But I did take a very unrelaxing little getaway this weekend. Um, Stayed at a hotel that had the worst, the worst service I've ever, ever experienced. They were just awful. (laughs) Shame on them. It was pathetic. Holy cow. Uh, Plus, I brought the baby with me, Scott. So it just was not. Yeah, that's not relaxing. relaxing. Not at all. No. Baby. Taking care of a baby is a job. Yeah. You did a job this weekend, which I guess you do every weekend, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you were on HQ on uh, Fantasy Baseball Today. It was our last show of the season. But, you know, it was a success. So thank you all for watching. And if you didn't watch, you better watch next year. Most added list, Will Smith is one. Ronaldo Lopez, two. Jose Arquiti is four. Asher Wojciechowski is five. Travis Darno is six. Who else? Anthony Santander is 40% owned. He's the third most added player. And Angels pitcher Jaime Berea 
what the hell are you guys doing? He's 40% owned. He's 31% owned. Sorry, Santander's uh, 40%. Berea is a two-star pitcher. Detroit at home and at Cleveland. But I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't get on board with this. Yeah. Even for two no, he's, he's not one who is in uh, the recommended portion of my two-star pitcher rankings this weekend. And he's only 31% owned, so it's gone up a lot, but it's not like... Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have used the word hell. Yeah. What on earth are you guys doing? <laughs> what do you think about <laughs> Anthony? What do you think about Anthony Santander, forty percent owned? He is in my top ten sleeper hitters for this week because the Orioles have good matchups. They're one of just a handful of teams with seven games. But I don't really believe in how productive he's been recently. He wasn't getting it done at AAA. And that environment is just Homer crazy. Um, you know, former Rule 5 pick, so it's not like he's, you know, has this great prospect pedigree. The Indians let him walk to the Orioles, let him go to the Orioles for free a few years back. So, uh, yeah, he had a 726 OPS and nearly 200 at-bats at AAA this year. So, yeah, I, I, have, I have doubts he's going to be able to continue this. Uh, okay, so that's Anthony Santander. We're not really feeling it. Other guys on the most added list. It's a lot of two-star pitchers, but Alex Wood is not a two-star pitcher. He's 50% owned, and he was you know, he was okay. His first start of the season, four and yep. two-thirds, seven hits. That's not great. Two earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts. It was against the Rockies. Alex Wood has never had an ERA over 384. <laughs> that's amazing. He's at Atlanta yep. this week, and he's 50% owned. What do you think about Alex Wood? I think he needs to be added. I mean, he's he is kind of boring. Time has shown him to be, but boring is something you'll take in this pitching environment. He's good at preventing home runs. He limits walks. Occasionally, he'll surprise with a high strikeout game. And I there was nothing in this first start to either, um, you know, ramp up the excitement or quash it. So I I think he needs to be added in more leagues than he's owned in. Okay, so Jose Urquidy, Alex Wood, what do you think? Uh, I would probably go, hmm, it just depends how deep the league is. The shallower the league, you sell out for upside more. So probably standard 12 team, I'd go Urquidy, and I'd probably go Wojciechowski over Wood, too. But Wood would probably be third on the list of available pitchers to add for me. I'm guessing you'd rather have him than Kevin Gosman. Yes. Steven Matz, complete game shutout, or Alex Wood? Wood. What do you think about Cal Quantrill on the most added list, 18% owned? He's pitched okay. He's pretty good ground ball guy, but not a lot of strikeouts. Uh, he's been rumored to maybe be a trade ship for the Padres. So we'll see how that turns out. And, you know, he doesn't have a firm grip on a rotation spot as it is. No. Uh, what's his ownership up to? I it's low, eighteen percent. Yeah, Quantrill. I mean, yeah, it, it's hard to say he should be added in less than league, less leagues when he's already that, you know, already that low. He probably needs to be added in more leagues, frankly. I'm pretty satisfied with our look at the most added list. Julio Arias is fifty-two percent owned. It's pretty interesting. I don't love him this week, as mentioned, but I do love Julio Arias in general. I just I don't know. I, I it's so hard to know what his 
status is going to be going forward. Like, I feel like there are some starts coming. My my preference would be they use him as a, with an opener. They get four good innings out of him, and we can use him in those roto leagues, uh, where we just get like ratios and wins basically. So he follows an opener, you're saying? So he yeah, has yeah. a chance to get the win. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's more likely than him being a traditional starter going six innings at a time. You know, this year, I mean, it's just they're they're so invested in keeping his innings down. It seems like. Yeah, Julio Arias. And then the last guy on the list that I want to talk about is Miguel Sano. Miguel Sano does have a hand injury. He left Sunday's game with a hand injury. If he's okay, I am thinking about <laughs> trading Chris Paddock for Sano. It, it's a pretty deep uh, league. There's really nothing on the waiver wire. I'm pretty encouraged by what Sano's been doing. And I'm going to like the counting stats because, you know, the Twins lineup is just amazing. He's uh, He's hot. I know he's going to strike out a ton. I don't expect him to hit better than 250. But Miguel Sano, Miguel Sano can thump. I mean, how desperately do you need hitting? Quite that, that trade sounds terrible. Well, what if Paddock's done in a month? What do you mean, what is Paddock done in a month? What, no, what, what, if, what if, if he's done in a month? What if he's then, done in a month? Okay, you had a rotation ship for another month, and that took you that much further. Like, I understand the idea of selling high on Paddock before they shut him down, but... I that's tried not, to sell him. Sell high. That's underselling. I tried to sell him for Evan Encarnacion, and I was told no. You could have Miguel Sano. Because <laughs> people know, people know that Paddock's done. Too. You can buzz off then. Just enjoy Paddock if that happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how badly do you need another hitter? I need upside. This is a winner take all roto league. I need. On paper, it's probably not a good trade, but I'm in sixth place. Within striking distance of fourth, like a point and a half back of fourth. Need I need lightning in a bottle. And I think Sano could be that lightning in that bottle. I'm yeah, I mean he he could definitely hit a lot of home runs. And not much else. Uh but there's just so many home run hitters out of there. I don't know that he's a significant improvement over like Renato Nunez. I don't know if he's out there in your league, but I mean, he's, he's on he's a not. 40 homer pace himself. He's not. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, see what else we want to talk about from over the weekend. Um, obviously, it's going to be pitchers here. We'll have some leftovers for tomorrow for sure. Uh, Robbie Ray. So Robbie Ray, in uh, he's just been cruising. He's got the walks down, but he is giving up so many home runs. He's a really interesting pitcher and kind of hard to gauge, and he seems like he has a good chance to get traded. I Buy or sell Robbie Ray? <laughs> I will buy him, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, it's mostly good signs, right? Ten of his last 11 starts have been six-plus innings. That was after only ten, two of the first 12. So two of the first 12 were six innings or more, 10 of the last 11. Consistently pitching deeper into games. And I think six innings is the minimum. You know, officially five innings is the minimum for a win, but I think six innings is the minimum where you can reasonably expect a win. And uh, also during that 11-start stretch where he's going deeper, only 3.1 walks per nine, probably related. Yeah. And look, that's not a great walk rate in a vacuum, but it's great for Robbie Ray. 
And uh, with the bats he misses, you'd think it'd be a great thing in terms of his performance. But his ERA is actually high during that stretch. Yeah, I know. We haven't been able to enjoy all (laughs) all of the improvements he's made. We haven't been able to enjoy it fully. But the the ERA is high because the home runs are way up, way up in this stretch. So it's like he's throwing the ball over the plate more, and they're leaving the yard. I don't know if it's a coincidence or what, but... It's He's always gotten hit hard, like given up hard contact. It's right, right. always been a thing for him. And uh yeah, it's it's look, I I think I think if he's a six inning pitcher, he's still pretty close to must start, even if you're gonna expect an ERA around four. But uh but yeah, that's it's it's a question if you can rely on him for the innings rest of season, just because he's done it more recently. I want to spend the rest of the show talking about pitchers we can add or drop. Um, these guys are all owned in more than 80% of leagues. You're cool dropping them for some of the guys we talked about, the Alex Woods, the Jose Urquides, the Asher Wojciechowskis of the world. Chris Archer, Jose Quintana, Zach Davies, and Max Freed. Am I okay dropping them for like the Wojciechowski class, you're saying? Yeah, or maybe step it up to the Urquidy class. Yeah. Um, Archer, Quintana, so, Davies, and Freed. Well, Davies definitely. Davies is junk. Davies is XFIP over five guy, and the last two starts have been disastrous. Uh, I, I think I think I'm willing to draw Max Freed too. His whip for the year now is one four one. Yep. Yeah. Not good. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Archer. You know, I could understand it. Uh, I don't have a lot of hope for Archer becoming a must-start pitcher this year. I think he's there's still a chance he's pretty useful, but he's not going to be somebody who, you know, you have in your lineup every week. And maybe, maybe Urquidy could be. Maybe Wojciechowski could be. It's possible. I'm not totally sold on that, but maybe. And Quintana, I think he's probably still too useful to drop, you know, in a shallow league where you just want upside and there are other Quintana types out there and maybe you could do it. But for the most part, I'm probably not dropping Quintana. Fringy starting pitchers part one. These guys are 65 to 79% owned. Who do you want? Jordan Yamamoto. Uh, he's not really going deep into games at all. Oh, in fact, I, he, he doesn't throw five innings. You're lucky to get from Yamamoto. Um, it was the terrible last two starts, so of course he wasn't pitching deep then. Yeah, but his last six starts, only one start of more than five innings, and he has the Twins this week. So Yamamoto, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Martin Perez gets Kansas City this week. Four quality starts in his last five for Perez. Michael Pineda at Miami this week. you got to pick him up uh, if he's available. Michael Pineda, 75% on. Dakota Hudson was terrible against Houston this weekend. He'll try to rebound at Oakland this week. Uh, so if we don't want Yamamoto, do you want Martin Perez or Pineda or Dakota Hudson? Pineda, I'm still interested in. His velocity after the spike, and this is part of the reason why I'm not fully on board with Reynaldo Lopez, uh, Pineda's, Pineda's velocity appears to have leveled off again. But he's continued to get swinging strikes. Like His secondary pitches have continued to work in spite of that. And uh, I think he's... Yeah, I think he's worth owning in all leagues right now. Yeah, especially for a uh, one-star week against the Marlins. Seems like a very good candidate for a win. 
Fringies part two, 50 to 64 for 64% on Anibal Sanchez. I was so upset because his start got moved from Colorado at home to the Dodgers at home, and all he did was throw seven innings of one-run ball. Last mm-hmm. 10 starts, Anibal Sanchez has a 258 ERA. He will get the Braves this week. Uh, Chase Anderson has a 272 ERA in his last seven starts. He's like a five-inning pitcher, though. Andrew Kashner was okay against the Yankees. Trevor Williams was okay against the Mets. Jeff Samarja's been all right. Alex Young was good. Zach Plezak was awesome. But I'll tell you why I'm not picking up Zach Plezak. And Dylan Cease has been awful, and I just can't really deal with it anymore. Uh, all right, so Anibal, Chase Anderson, Kashner, Trevor Williams, Samarja, Alex Young, Zach Plezak, Dylan Cease. Yeah, not a lot of interest in any of them. Of course, I like the upside for C's, but 12 walks and 21 innings, it's not getting it done. Might be time to move on there. Uh, Otherwise, I mean, Trevor Williams, he was more than just good. He had, I believe it was was certainly a season high in swinging strikes, 18 of them. But we need to see a lot more of it than just an isolated start uh, to believe he's a new pitcher. Okay. So, Plezak, you know, 310 ERA so far. He has brutal matchups coming up. Like, I I had it in the notes, and I somehow deleted it, unfortunately. But I know I tweeted it out over the weekend. But Zach Plezak's last, next four starts are going to be, oh, here we go. Houston, Texas, at Minnesota, and at the Yankees. That's rough. And the thing is... Uh, because somebody mentioned to me that it looks like Asher Wojciechowski's schedule won't be good the rest of the way. I know he's facing the Blue Jays next time, which is good. Um, but the difference is, like, I have no reason to believe Dan Plesak's a good pitcher. Zach Plesak. <laughs> yeah, Zach Plesak. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know about Dan either, but definitely Zach. He had, like, I wasn't sure how he was succeeding in the first place other than maybe keeping walks down, there wasn't a lot to point to to suggest it could continue. And then he had two awful starts before the All-Star break, and okay, it looks like he's falling apart here. Uh, but then he's come back strong. But yeah, I, I just don't buy it. When, you know, Wojciechowski, there's a chance he's a good enough pitcher that, you know, genuinely good pitchers can overcome bad matchups. It's really the fringies where you're so concerned about matchups, at least me. I mean, outside of maybe yeah, a poor that's field start. Yeah, exactly how I feel, especially guys that don't strike out a lot of batters. Yeah. Like, please, Zach. So I just don't trust him, and I don't trust him against tough matchups, and he's got nothing but tough matchups coming coming up. So. All right, Scott, we're done for the day. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate your patience, everybody. As you know, we're recording our show a little bit later now than we used to. Still going to do my best to try to get it out as early as possible. And we're going to do some shows at night. So not every show is going to come out at this time. Some of them will be super early in the morning. So for Scott White, I'm Adam Azer. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Tuesday on Fantasy Baseball Today.